0: Hello, hello everyone. Hello. (laughs) Harry's testing out his new hellos. Well, hello. No, no, not like that. Well, hell no. Welcome to your favorite place, Uh, known unknowns. My, I'm Carly. I'm Harry. (laughs) And
1: this is the podcast (laughs) all about. What's this podcast about, Carly?
0: I don't even know anymore. Everything, anything. <laughs> I don't know.
1: This is a podcast about known unknowns.
0: Yeah. And it, what's new this week with you?
1: Um, what's new with me? Um, drinking some water. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's new. We're back at work.
1: Yeah, that's we something. Started
0: work on Friday again.
1: Yep. Get back to the day job.
0: Get back to the all nine those, to five. All those
1: of you who were telling us not to quit our day jobs, you got your way. We, we <laughs> went and started up again.
0: Yep, we're back. <laughs> That's why this is probably going to be a really short episode because it really snuck up on me. <laughs> I was like, oh, work, work, work. And then I'm also doing other work in th- this week, next week, I guess, or this week for you. I am preparing for that work and it's just, I forgot about this completely.
1: Yeah. And I just got really interested in reading about things like tangentially related to my topic and forgot to like actually organize my thoughts or write them down.
0: Relatable. I do that uh, uh, constantly. <laughs> what
1: is there anything in the news to talk about? I
0: don't think so.
1: Okay. Well, if there,
0: there's probably I mean, there's plenty. Of do fans. you want to read
1: some uh, viewer mail?
0: We have viewer mail.
1: Yeah, we got some some people filled out our contact form on our website. Apparently. What? Uh. So a, No, uh, you're
0: lying to me. Uh,
1: no, we we got stuff in our inbox.
0: No, you're lying. So
1: as some so a, a contact or a first name there. First and only name is Shirt. They sent us a message uh, that reads, Nebraska.
0: What? Uh, Are you lying? Did you make this up? No, it's right there.
1: Shirt. First name, Shirt. Email, whatever that is. Message, Nebraska. <laughs> what? Uh, another, another listener reached out to us. Uh, their name is eServices. Um, <laughs> and they're... they're they they wanted to tell us uh, maximize. What um, and and another 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 fan of ours filled out the contact sheet to um, by the name of Pizza, um, and they uh, they wanted to tell us payment.
0: Harry, did you do this?
1: No, I didn't.
0: <laughs> Why didn't you tell me about these? Because I wanted then? to
1: talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so thank you to Shirt, E-Services, and Pizza for your kind words.
0: Wait, what Those words being yeah, Nebraska,
1: uh, maximize, and payment.
0: Oh my. No. When did you find this out?
1: Uh, a few days ago.
0: Why didn't you tell me right away?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Were you, I keeping me,
0: were you keeping it a secret from me? Not really, no. That's I, hilarious. <laughs> I didn't
1: know if you saw it or not
0: no i didn't (laughs) what thank you pizza shirt and e-services yeah and e-services what did they what did they send
1: uh their message was was maximize maximize yes
0: was it like an e-services email or was it like an actual person email? Do you want
1: me to read the email? Well, or I, no, I won't, show it to me. I'll just, I'll say the, like, I won't say the URL or the website that it's from, but the, the part before the at is classyladyc3 at blah, 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 blah dot something.
0: What?
1: A uh, shirt came from... Uh, Cordelia Lonsdale. Why are
0: you telling the
1: people this? I don't know.
0: Okay. I think this is fake. Who hacked this? Who did this?
1: (laughs) I think it's just spam, Carly. No. Spam happens.
0: Not from pizza, shirt, and (laughs) e-services.
1: I think that's exactly who spam comes from.
0: (laughs) Pizza and shirt who want to tell us to Nebraska and... What was the other one? Payment. Payment.
1: But don't forget e-services. They want us to maximize. maximize.
0: Okay, that one seems more spammy. <laughs> Why are people spamming us?
1: Um, Because we're important. Jesus. We have a long reach. So, any listeners out there, if you're in the market for Nebraska, reach out to um, Shirt. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or if you would like to maximize, get down with some e-services.
0: I think you're lying And about if you these. need
1: payment, go to pizza.
0: Go to pizza. Oh my goodness. What? Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Oh gosh. Uh, what's next?
1: Uh, what is next? Um, I don't know. Was there any Twitter controversy this week?
0: Um, I'm sure, yeah. We,
1: we, I don't know.
0: Yeah plenty there oh. always is
1: yeah i know oh it was uh it was about uh reading marks whether that's important for leftists to do and uh, this podcast's position is that this podcast is an effective replacement for reading Marx. we have been uh certified by president yeah. maduro of venezuela <laughs> as um you can call yourself a socialist if you listen to this podcast
0: yeah that's true
1: but if you want if you want Engels, you still have to read every third page of the Communist Manifesto, but not the chapter headings. Okay, got it. Okay, sounds good. We wait, wait. I got. We wait in. Um, Great. So now you want to talk about bogs, peat bogs?
0: Yeah. So that's your topic for this that's week. That's my. That's my
1: topic for this week.
0: Bog down. Bog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What? <laughs> Nothing. I liked that. The... <laughs> do it again. No,
0: I don't think I can do it again. <laughs> I think in my voice I would laugh, and then I couldn't go that low. And
1: okay, it was a one-time event. So if you missed it,
0: <laughs> tough. You do it.
1: I, I, no, I can't. And my voice doesn't go that deep.
0: Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <Bug talk. laughs> Bog what? <laughs> what?
1: what? I told you I can't.
0: Bogtown. Bog I can't do it again. Do it was one time. Ag- there
1: you get go. In, let's get bogged down in, in some topic.
0: Bogtown. Wait, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said in some topic.
0: Oh. Let's get bogged down in bog town, everyone. Bog See, it was a one-time thing. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it again. It sounded right. so beautiful the first time. I have a deep man voice.
1: You are a deep man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay.
1: All right. So bogs. Um, uh also known as fens or muskegs or um, various other terms in other parts of the world. Okay. You know what a bog is, Carly?
0: No. Tell me.
1: It's like a it's a it's a it's
0: the a thing of water.
1: Well, it's a And a
0: w- place with I don't know how to explain it. I kind of know what a bog is.
1: A bog or bogland is a wetland that accumulates yes. peat.
0: You knew it. Wait, de- what? Peat? Peat. Who's peat? It's not a Butt name, jug.
1: Carly. <laughs> That's
0: what I call Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Butt jug. Uh,
1: Pete is a deposit of dead plant material. Okay,
0: why would I know partially
1: that? Partially composed dead plant material. So, peat. Often Buttigieg. mosses, particularly sphagnum moss. Okay. Um, uh, it is one of the four main types of wetlands. Other yep. names for bogs include mire, quagmire, and muskeg. Alkaline mires are called fens. Okay, so a fen isn't a kind of bog. It's oh, just very man, similar. Oh, man, I meant to
0: talk about forest fen. Oh, yeah. Treasure. Man, I keep forgetting to talk about that.
1: He's got a good name. Two geographical features and one name. What a guy. Dang. And he's well, got treasure. next week. I keep non-
0: saying next week. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> so uh, a bog is like, it's a... You know, it's an area where you got this, all these buildups of this moss and like other Mm. plants that like die, but they don't, it takes a really long time for them to decompose. So it's, the ground's like really springy and like you get like, it's all, and it's also all like waterlogged. It's all full of water that hasn't drained out. And so you know you mush around in it and it's all like squishy and yeah I pictured are areas it like areas where you know if there's a deeper channel of water it's kind of hard to see a lot of times and or it might be covered up in like moss so you could just Sink plunge in.
0: in oh crap so what's with the science lesson
1: <laughs> i just wanted
0: Bio- this be biology
1: this is uh yeah
0: biology lesson or
1: maybe geography
0: what Well, if you're talking about plants? Yeah, but a a bog
1: is a geographic feature. It's a a geobiology.
0: So what's with the geobiology lesson?
1: Bogs are... There's a lot of, like, folklore and stuff related to bogs.
0: Oh. This is our scripted day, our scripted podcast. you hear
1: it? (laughs) Oh, this is scripted? What's
0: with the geo-biology lesson? Well, what do you think? And then you explain it, and then I go, oh. Yeah. That makes sense. And
1: bogs are also uh in a non-folklory way just kind of cool and weird um and so because, i don't like it yeah um so tell
0: me about bogs okay
1: uh-huh. so they're uh, part of the reason that there's so much folklore about them is because they're so dangerous mm-hmm. you don't you know Wait,
0: yeah they actually sound like that they sound like a quicksand quicksand
1: they can be quicksandy
0: like you just go in <laughs> you can't get out <laughs>
1: Okay. Oh, when I was l- I, okay when I was l- learning about bogs this week, I found on YouTube this person. this is unrelated to folklore or anything. This is more about sinking into bogs a YouTube user called Muddy boy um what? who apparently he just like posts like videos he I, muddy boy. <laughs> It is funny. Keep he's going. a he's a strange Finnish man who like <laughs> seems to enjoy dressing up in like no. waiters and like big you know big like uh, wet mucky boots and like mud gear and stuff and like getting himself like sinking into bogs and or like jumping into them or just like sinking into mud and getting out. It's it's he seems weird. Why does? Yeah, let me go back. Here's here's a video of him just jumping into a bog and getting stuck, and then you know he spends the next two minutes uh, getting himself out. It's so weird.
0: What? It's I know. just like completely silent.
1: I know it is. The, you hear it's just like you occasionally hear some soft squishing sounds occasionally or the wind blowing by yeah just
0: oh, <laughs> just jumped into a bog <laughs>
1: why up. can
0: i see you like whenever i heard muddy boy and he just likes to weird finnish man who does this kind oh, of man. stuff i'm like harry this is your youtube channel <laughs> if you ever made a youtube channel this would be you
1: i'm stealth promoting my youtube <laughs>
0: channel look <laughs> at you can just see his butt coming out of it
1: just wiggling out
0: yeah <laughs>
1: anyway oh my
0: god this i thought ridiculous. that you would
1: like to see that um
0: what's he called muddy boy yeah oh my gosh did and you subscribe
1: 900, well he has 961 i should subscribe he
0: had like 2,000 views on that There's,
1: yeah so he's just got a ton of videos of him like just getting squishing around in the mud and, and getting all muddy and it's pretty cool is uh oh what was his um shoot I i lost it where was the I don't know, he says on his channel, like he just has for as long I have been into playing in mud and snow and rainwear and wellies as long as I can remember. I am from Phil I am from Finland. Olen Suomen Mesta Um yeah. Hmm.
0: It's really fun. <laughs>
1: I know, it is fun. I can't figure out if it's like a Weird if it's like some kind of fetish thing that he does oh. for people, or if he just is an odd man who I
0: think he's just an odd man. I like did not squishing think this around was a fetish thing, yeah, probably not. Uh, now I'm uncomfy. <laughs> Moving on,
1: all right, okay. Um, okay, so besides just getting stuck in Wait, a But I bog, guess it
0: was kind of sexual, he like. Was wiggling out of it, and his butt just kind of, like, you could really see it just, like, popping out of the bog. you know,
1: I'm sure there are people who are into, like, just watching people roll around in the mud and stuff, or, you know, getting stuck in the mud.
0: Okay, sorry, continue. I'm I'm
1: sure that's a thing. Yeah, I'm sure. But, I don't know. Anyway, besides getting stuck in a bog, one of the other big dangers is a bog burst. Mm. Which is, um when like a a, a bog uh, it usually happens after like a lot of like heavy rainfall where a bog gets just like so wa- so like oversaturated with water that it kind of that it like slips loose of where it was and like the whole it just creates a big like landslide Ooh. and like the whole bog just starts moving like down Ew. hill and it has happened i don't know it's like gone like washed away like villages and and it uh it's a uh, something you gotta look out for it's gross uh, the writer author emily bronte when she was a child she like got stuck in got caught in like a bog burst or one happened and oh she and her like sister and their nanny or whoever had to like take refuge <gasps> on a porch
0: oh my gosh <laughs> that's whack mm-hmm. okay uh
1: anyway um but some of the anyway the some there's some of the folklore related to bog bursts is that they're like uh they're caused is that why by f- it
0: says bog, that's why you say you get bogged down in something, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, is that real? Is that true? Yeah, like because it
1: because you, yeah, you, you get, can like, get
0: bogged down, your whole house and your whole body, <laughs> right, can just be consumed by a bog, right? You know, Ew. yeah, <laughs> or are kinda it's kind of scary, you know,
1: slow going through a bog because. A, you get get all squished down. down. Yeah, you get bogged down, and you gotta be, like, real careful with where you step. Bogged
0: down! I'm bogged down! (laughs) Just what I imagine a man yelling when he's, like, being, like... Like... I can't think of the word. (laughs) (laughs) When he's being taken away by the bog landslide. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sorry,
0: I keep interrupting. Continue. No,
1: that's okay. Um... Sorry, I lost where I was at when mm. my bog burst thing. But like, um yeah. usually when a bog burst happened there's like a big like gust of like wind that smells all boggy and stuff that comes out off of it and out like of it. Muddy. Yeah, and like just like
0: moldy. I picture mud and mold.
1: Yeah, probably. But the the old folklore was that that was a bog burst was caused by fairies like you know doing mischief or something and the wind was because came from like a big host of fairies moving through um
0: oh wow
1: yeah our upstairs neighbors are moving furniture (laughs)
0: i'm like i looked up and i'm like did they hear that (laughs) maybe
1: yeah and something is another bogs are also frequently home to um carnivorous plants which aren't what Carnivorous plants, okay, which aren't you know particularly dangerous to humans, but they are to other animals, and they they yeah. add to the gen like I guess bugs, the general weirdness of the place.
0: Did you say to bugs, yeah, to bugs. I was bugs. gonna say like flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: but be you know because the soil or the I mean there isn't really soil, but the the ground in a bog is fairly can be but... fairly. Poor in certain nutrients particularly nitrogen um due to the lack of um decomposition that happens in it um so they the plants need to get you know uh food from elsewhere to nutrients from the bugs and so it's kind of
0: scary this is yeah no it is these are scary things oh my gosh why did this guy jump into one i'm (laughs) mad that's very scary
1: i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah but you know, yeah, I know that it—it's just—it's just another thing to add to the general unsettling nature of bogs and why people are yeah,
0: that's terrifying. Would be a fear of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, Upends the typical order of the food chain. Yeah. Pe- animals eat plants, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Except in the one play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh huh.
1: Anyway, so um, one story that inhabit that uh, exemplifies many of the uh, typical dangers and folklores of the bog is that of the uh, the dead moon um, in which the uh, I don't know the, the moon is you know up in the sky but she is interested in what's going on down in the bog and stuff um, and so she uh, she comes on down. She comes on down to, like, look at the, the the bog. Like, she hides herself under a cloak. She goes into the bog to look around. And all the, the bogles hid, um, would normally be afraid, but once since she was down there, they, like, captured her. All the witches, like, went around <laughs> on their brooms and turned into cats and stuff. <laughs> and they all captured the moon and hid her underwater. Um, so there were several nights without... Um, the moon <laughs> yeah. without light. Um, until, you know, a, uh, an old woman in a nearby village t- told them about a method for releasing the moon, uh, which was with a stone in their mouth and a hazel twig in their hands. The villagers then recited the Lord's prayer twice forward, sir, for the sake of the cross and backwards against the bogles and heaved up the stone that released the moon. Ever since then, the moon has shown her best over the bog lands, for she knows all the evil things that are hid there. Oh, oh. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, um, bogs are frequently said to be the living place of various evil and mischievous creatures uh, that, you know, um, uh,
0: yeah, I want, to,
1: uh, <laughs> want to lure people to their death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh,
0: yeah, um, sounds about right.
1: Yeah, no, I mean particularly um well the will o the wisp. Have you heard of that phrase wisp. before? Yeah. Will o the wisp, aka course. ghost lights, aka jack o lanterns. Mhm. Um I which oh, Know
0: hmm? that. Yeah. I've just heard of it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Um but yeah, no, a will o the wisp, they're, you know, the, they're lights that kind of shine over um in the sky or in the air above bogs and stuff.
0: Oh. I've just heard of or
1: marshes and other wetlands, not just bogs. It, it's yeah, they're little fairy lights. Fairy
0: lights. I mm-hmm. was just gonna say that. Mm.
1: Yeah, and so in some in some folklore, they're good lights that are there to like help lead people through the bog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the lights of benevolent fairies or travelers who have died, I guess, and want to help other people not die mm-hmm. in the bog, um, or they can be evil lights. Um, that are trying to lure people into the bog and to like get them stuck in it. So they drown and die, I guess.
0: (laughs) So bogs are evil. (laughs) They can be. This this is scarier than quicksand. Uh, Oh,
1: I'm, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So, uh, one, one version of the story of what Willow the Wisps are, um, refers to a black a man named Will Smith, who was a wicked blacksmith, who was given a second chance by all Saint Peter. I heard Peter. was,
0: "Who was a black Smith?" Will Smith.
1: And Will I'm Smith. Like,
0: what? Why are you talking about Will Smith? <laughs> and I was like, where, "Where were you going with that?" It was a black Will Smith. That's all I heard. <laughs> well,
1: okay. Can you
0: re- can you say that all again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So
1: um, about. One of the stories about what Willow the wisps are is about a wicked blacksmith named Will Smith.
0: Okay, that makes more sense. Uh,
1: who is given a second <laughs> chance at life by St. Peter at the gates of heaven, but instead leads such a bad life that he ends up being doomed to wander the earth. Oop. But the devil provides him with a, only a single burning coal with which to warm himself. And, but then, which he then uses to lure foolish travelers into the marshes.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> um, there, there's an Irish version of the story about a, a neer do named Drunk Jack or Stingy Jack, who, um, you know, plays various tricks on the devil to, like, keep himself alive um, uh, when the you know when the devil eventually comes to collect on the deals that he's made with him, he like tricks the devil into climbing a tree and then he like, um, he or he turns himself into a tree. He clip, he, he tricks the devil into cr- climbing a tree, then carves a, tr- a cross into the trunk <laughs> so the devil cl- can't climb, climb down. Um, and so th- in exchange for that, the devil. Um
0: doesn't he have like wings? Can't he just like fly away or something?
1: I guess this devil doesn't. Okay. (laughs) The devil, you know, forgives Jack's debt and allow and you know doesn't take him to hell right then and there. Mm. But Jack, you know, he was such a wicked man in his life that he wouldn't be allowed to heaven into heaven, so he had to go back down to hell and like ask beg for a place there, but he was turned away and the devil just also gave him a piece of coal that he had to carry around in a carved turnip to serve as a lantern
0: who oh. begs t- for a spot in hell i think i'd rather just roam the earth for the rest of my life I than beg for a spot in hell <laughs> i don't know why would uh, you want to live in like eternal torture
1: I don't know. Better than better than nothing, I guess. I don't know.
0: It's better. No, roaming (laughs) the earth as a ghost is better. Well,
1: you know, this—I mean, this guy like tricked the devil like three or so times in his life, so maybe he figured he could get himself a pretty good deal in hell. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's also so. It's that story has like partial where like a like Halloween jack o' lanterns come from and. Mm -hmm an origin story for like will the wisps it's this this jack dude carrying his carved turnip around in the in the bog carved trying to lure turnip.
0: you in oh my gosh <laughs> um
1: you know uh let's see you know um there are all, there are other versions of Willow the wisp stories um all over the world and like Uh, the Americas, um, like in the, the swamps of Louisiana, they're called, uh, Fufalette, um, meaning fool's fire or foolish fire, um, where they, the legend says that the Fufalette is a soul sent back from the dead to do God's penance, but instead attacks people for vengeance. And, uh, does mischievous acts on them, but sometimes sucks the blood of children. What? Apparently.
0: Okay. <laughs> um. Weird.
1: You know, uh, there's other uh, folklore in like Scandinavia that um, uh, they're called, where they're called treasure lights in some traditions, um, where supposedly they only appear. They were put there they're like telling people where there's treasure, but you can only get the treasure while the light is shining over it. Oh. (laughs) Or or in some versions like they're put there by a person who like enchanted it to like remind themselves of like where the treasure is and when they can get it, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or some people think that they're UFOs.
0: Yes. 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 Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Um. Like a, uh, I don't know. There's a uh, apparently a British UFO um, organization, uh, the P- Project Pennine, which was trying to get a some kind of like observation site made on the edge of this big um, boggy area. It's a blanket bog, I think, in in Britain, where there's have been many sightings of ghost lights and will-o'-the-wisps and stuff that they believe to be ufos
0: yes um i like, believe a, it
1: a person in um uh a longendale resident sean wood shares his experience with a uh, ufo slash ghost light slash um whatever um which he says it was about nine thirty on a november evening when i walked into one of the front rooms at bleak house to chastise someone for shining a torch through <laughs> our window Yes. <laughs> the light filled the room with a chilly moonlike glow. When I went outside to investigate, I saw a large pulsating ball of light directly above the house. There's no doubt about the fact there are lights out there on those moors.
0: Uh, <laughs> there are lights
1: out there on those there's moors. There's
0: lights on them there are moors. <laughs> uh,
1: but ghost lights really are there's like phosphorescent um, lights. Due to the spontaneous combustion of an inflammable gas, um, what? Phos- usually phosphated hydrogen, that's coming from the decaying, slowly, gradually decaying organic matter in the bog, or sometimes Why do I combinations feel like I've heard of, of
0: these, like bog, random bog lights.
1: Uh, probably because you have. I don't yeah, know. They're a fair. They're, I think
0: seems familiar to
1: me. hmm I mean, they also, f- you know, show up over other kinds of wetlands as well um Hmm. but uh yeah you know um they sometimes you know apparently wait what what smells like rotten eggs what Uh, the specialized bacteria also produce hydrogen sulfide which smells like rotten eggs adding to the mystique of murky bogs
0: you Um, know that's that's exactly what uh, i imagined it smelling (laughs) like too like Eggs, rotten yeah. eggs. So
1: when pockets of methane and phosphine escape, they produce lights that are luminous and occasionally explode, causing a great deal of fright and distress in those who observe the display.
0: Oof, yeah, that'd be scary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so those are bog lights, or no, not bog will o' the wisps.
0: Will of the wisps. Will <laughs> um, what are will of the wisps?
1: Yeah, will o' the wisp. Uh, Willow
0: the wisp? So,
1: yeah. Will oh the wisp like,
0: like will of
1: yeah like okay. will of, will of the wisp uh, Not
0: like willow the wisp
1: yeah i mean a wisp is like a um like a bundle of like little twigs and like oh. straws and stuff that would be lit on fire for like a torch <gasps> basically and uh, the will in it is like the name will so oh! they're, like william <laughs> of the torch or okay. william of the like wisp for lighting a torch things
0: yeah is okay. what
1: people call them, or Jack of the Lantern.
0: Jack of the what? Or That's a... cool, yeah.
1: That is cool. Hmm. <laughs> Jack of the Lantern, mm-hmm. Jack-o-lantern, Jack-o-lantern. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, <Boggs laughs> feature heavily in um, well, Hans Christian Andersen wrote several stories about bogs or adapted. You know, or combined, adapted and combined, you know, different Danish folklore already about bogs and put them into words in his books and or put them on writing in his books, basically. Mm. Um, uh, one of his stories is about the girl who stepped on bread. Um, it's about a. Oh no. <laughs> a, a, the pr- Inger, the proud, vain daughter who is bringing a loaf of bread to her poor mother she's walking through the bog with it but she doesn't want to get her shoes dirty so she puts the bread down in the bog to like step on it over like a channel and then you know when she steps on it it just sinks down all the way to the bottom of the bottomless bog um uh and so and at the bottom she's given to the devil's great-grandmother wait she
0: goes to the bottom too
1: The girl, yeah, because she she steps on the bread and she, along with it, sinks down to the bottom Uh of the very, very deep bog and is turned into a statue covered with mud, slime, and other unimaginable substances.
0: Unimaginable substances. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: Or there's another long story about the bog king's daughter. Where a princess from Egypt disguises herself as in a in a swan skin and flies to Denmark <laughs> for a rare lotus that grows only in the bog, which she wants to take back to her sick father. But then two evil princesses follow her, steal her swan skin, and push her down into the bog. <laughs> gosh. Um, and then and, the, and as she's falling through the bog, an elder tree starts to move. Um, that turns out to really be the bog king. Who uh, the grabs King. hold of her um, and I guess pulls her down to the bottom where I guess she is able to stay alive and stuff because she marries the Bog King and they have a daughter what? who then rises to the tip surface on the tip of a slender plant what? and is brought to the Viking King's childless wife.
0: Oh, I'm so confused. (laughs) The
1: half-breed fairy slash human child Helga is an evil human by day, but a good and virtuous frog by night.
0: What? No! What is this?
1: Her Viking stepmother tells her, your heart is made from the black, cold mud of the bog. Uh, The the tale is long and Helga's exploits are many, though she redeems herself in the end.
0: My goodness
1: apparently in these bog stories of hans christian Andersen, they're typically narrated by storks for whatever reason because oh. storks tend to have nests in bogs
0: oh
1: anyway what
0: <laughs> they do aren't those the birds that deliver babies they also deliver babies why do they live in bogs
1: i don't think they exclusively live there but i think they, but they like nest sometimes there. nest there
0: do you think you were a bog baby? Probably. I think I was a bog baby. <laughs> I bet my stork laid me in a bog.
1: Yeah, you think what? so? What? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, probably.
0: I was probably a bog baby. <laughs> what? <Nothing>. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Isn't that funny to think about? <laughs> Who in your life do you think is a bog baby? Now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, who's a bog baby?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what... That means...
0: That means the stork you were delivered from...
1: Came from a bog.
0: Came from a bog. Picked me out of a bog. Which means you came from a bog. Yeah, I'm a bog, don't baby. the sto- storks... Oh, my God. Storks, like, hatch you, too, or whatever? <laughs> do they? Where do they get the babies?
1: I think they just get them.
0: Uh, yeah, from where?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know I where. Know,
0: well, I'm picturing they...
1: They hatch and the baby,
0: kind of. I don't know, something like that.
1: And then they take it, okay. Yeah. I can see it.
0: From the bog, you're a bog baby. <laughs> Just go with it.
1: I, all right, I'll go with it.
0: <laughs> all right, you can keep going. Sorry.
1: No, that's all right. Um, I, that's a fine, uh, trans transition. Sure. Is
0: that what you were saying?
1: No, I couldn't think of the word that can I was trying to think episode- of. Episode.
0: Be named bog baby
1: bog baby yeah bog baby bog baby i want my bog, bog baby. baby bog baby Bog Baby. Bog baby.
0: <laughs> i'm a bog baby <laughs> 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 oh man i need a t-shirt or like a hat i need a baseball cap that says i'm a bog baby <laughs> no one would get it but it's really funny
1: <laughs> no i would not get it but
0: that's funny
1: um okay um and so okay we'll move on to weird things people find in bogs
0: Ooh, i love that did you just watch me do that <laughs> i just scratched my armpit and then smelled my fingers <laughs> did you see me do it i didn't think you saw me no
1: it. not really oh <laughs> you could have got away with it but now everyone knows
0: well i needed to see <laughs> i don't remember if i put deodorant on after my shower and then I itched my armpit and I was like, I don't feel much deodorant under the fingernails, you know. Mm. And then I sniffed it. <laughs> I don't smell though. Okay. 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 Tell so, me about weird, th- I'm excited okay. about this. So
1: the the water and um, earth of bogs t- is like really acidic and the water has like hard, hardly any oxygen in it. So, the bacteria which would normally like um, decompose organic matter, um, it can't do that because it has no oxygen to don't breathe.
0: Hide a body in a bog.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. They're, right?
0: It won't decompose. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like
0: things don't break down properly. Organic matter doesn't break down yeah. in bogs. Mm hmm. Oh.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. So, okay. there are. So one of the features of a lot of spooky bog folk tales is you know dead the dead people like coming out of the bog to you know drag you down or just be spooky like and zombies. Stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: oh my gosh! What about the bog landslides? Like yeah. the bog what bog bursts? Yeah. When they like whoosh and <laughs> then like wipe out a neighborhood? Is there just like a ton of bodies? Like whoa. Oh. <laughs>
1: Uh, I That's mean, what I'm picturing. bog bodies are—you know—they're v- not. Hundreds of them have been found over the years.
0: People are hiding their bodies in bogs, <laughs> which is stupid, I, scientifically stupid.
1: Well, I'm okay. So there are different. There are some different theories about. I mean, well, some okay. So there's a lot of there are a lot of dead bodies in bogs that got there by various means. Some of them. Some some body, some bog bodies are found with like clumps of like dirt and grass or like moss in their hands. So they were clearly trying to like drag themselves out.
0: So they got stuck in the bog. Yeah. They got bogged down. They
1: got bogged down.
0: (laughs) That was supposed to be like a drum cymbal, not like (laughs) it sounded like I was shooting something.
1: Um, oh I, my
0: god, that's so scary! Okay. Like,
1: yeah, so people are fine. Yeah, o- or there are some that seem to have been murdered. Who either... were
0: stabbed to death.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Decapitated. Yes. I'm just listing all <laughs> the ways.
1: <laughs> um, well, so for instance, the the Tulland Man, um, who's.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Or Toland man, who is one of the most famous bog bodies.
0: Slash true crime. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we're getting into that kind of territory, my friends. My <laughs> favorite territory.
1: So he he was he was alive in the fourth. He he was buried in a bog or put into a bog in the fourth century Why? B.C.
0: Because um, he was killed.
1: He he's he was found with. Um, Totally naked except for his belt, a little skin cap on his head, and a noose around his neck. Oh, um, uh, extremely well preserved, but with like a very serene expression on his face. Um, that's what he looks like. If you want to see.
0: Oh my gosh! Wait, what? It he was, he was. Is found this in... the real thing? Yeah. <gasps> no, he looks like a statue. I know he's. Wait. Like Why? A, Why does it look like that?
1: Because he's... It looks
0: like just a... a it, it looks like a statue. A
1: natu- it, because of the like natural mummification process... Oh my gosh. ...of the acidic and... Uh, anaerobic bog oh my goodness environment
0: okay we're that, not like, gonna post any pictures of these but definitely <laughs> look it up
1: stain because it like stains the like oh skin my god! Like brown, like brown dark but brown. it like keeps everything but it's, like shiny in like perfect condition
0: yeah no it looks <laughs> like exactly like a statue like mm-hmm. a, one of those dark Marbly statues, you know. I don't know. Dark, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it like looks like a, like a bronze
1: statue. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so creepy. I thought those were just. I thought they were just like recreations. No, no, it's the actual. Oh my like... god, that's disturbing.
1: Hmm. Um, but so so it keeps like all the like skin and like hair and stuff perfectly intact, mm. but the water degrades the bones over time. So bog bodies tend to have like really, either very shrunken like skeletons or no skeleton at all, and it's just.
0: Wait. So what is is the skin hard like a statue?
1: I don't think so. Is there
0: like a coating on that.
1: I don't. I don't think it's or hard. Or is it
0: just the skin? Like I think it's, you can't. I think pick it's like it leather
1: ish. I think it's like. Oh my gosh. But like, but there's uh, like also, no
0: bones inside.
1: Uh, yeah, or like much smaller bones and or something. Oh my gosh. With shrunken weak bones, but they also it like leaves like their internal organs perfectly intact so they can like see like what people ate like for breakfast that what? the day they died. No, thousands of years ago.
0: That's weird. <laughs> Oh, I bet they've learned a lot by finding yeah. bog bodies.
1: So, w- one thing they've been try, there has been some debate about in recent years is w- how many of them died, whether they were like random, whether they were like a random, like extrajudicial, like unofficial murder like of somebody.
0: This person? Here yeah, specifically? This, this, this guy? person?
1: Or the they're, well, yeah, there are also a lot of other examples where people seem to have been, like, really overkilled or, like, tortured before they are put in the bog with, like, I don't know, all kinds oh. of gruesome stuff done to them.
0: Oh. Yeah, and it just preserves all that, and oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: so you can, like, see, like...
0: Everything that happened. 2,000 years later, oh. like, exactly
1: how this person died.
0: Oh, um, and so
1: that. people are trying to figure out through... The archaeological record and stuff whether these were human sacrifices in some cases oh of like you know early uh, northern European tribes, which oh goodness. some like classical historians and a long time ago said that people did, but hmm. you're it's we're not sure like how whether throwing people into a bog was a way of sacrificing them.
0: Oh, like. Being thrown into the bog was a sacrifice?
1: Yeah, like, we're gonna...
0: Oh! I thought, like, you know, they were killed, but, like, killed beforehand, and then they just threw them in a bog. Right.
1: Or, well, I mean, maybe kill them before they throw them in the bog, but then throwing them in the bog is part of the sacrifice as well. Because
0: they find a lot of, like, murdered people in bogs, then.
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. most
0: of the people in bogs either got stuck in the bog, or they were murdered.
1: Yeah, a, a lot Not of times. Not like... Or sometimes, some, or they might have, they might have died of natural causes, but they might have put them in the bog in order to, like, intentionally try to preserve them or something. Wait, did
0: they know thousands of years ago that a bog would preserve your body?
1: Well, you might find if, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they 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 could figure that out if they found, like, a body in the bog or they, like, you know, Mm. someone, like, disappeared, like, from your village like thirty years ago and you find their boggy body while you're digging in the bog and it's like perfectly preserved. Oh, then you my know goodness that you could your your tribe could use that knowledge to like try to like preserve, preserve your ancient like
0: It's like mummies.
1: Your your chieftain for it's their mummy. Yeah, it it is like a mummification. This pro- is
0: crazy. Process. I've never heard of this. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I need, we need to go deeper into this bog stuff. <laughs> okay. This is crazy. So
1: wh- one of the weirder th- um, bog body things that I found is about, is from this 2012 National Geographic story um, called Frankenstein Bog Mummies Discovered in Scotland.
0: Yes, yes, Where they yes.
1: found, they didn't find them in a bog. They found them just in another, like some other area just buried under regular dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, and they didn't. It was just skeletons, but they found, but through like, you know, carbon dating and the DNA that they had been buried in a, that they had been in a bog, but they had been taken out at some point and then, and then buried underground.
0: What? Why?
1: But, uh, uh, I don't know, but also that these two bodies were made from the skeletons of, or made from the bodies of six different people.
0: What? wait. They sewed them together.
1: They either sewed them together, or just like put them together. Wait, or,
0: and then threw them into the then, bog, or after or they found after the or after they got bodies? them out of the
1: bog. I don't. I don't think they know at what point the bodies were put together and re put together.
0: Uh, wait. Of- <laughs> were they like sewn together? I'm confused. Okay,
1: so they they just found these. They just found these two skeletons under.
0: In, oh. in scotland
1: so they just oh. found two skeletons but they found out that they had
0: but they were like different The bo- these bones oh had at
1: one point been like in a bog and without the, with the rest six of a other body. people and yeah these two skeletons <gasps> were made from the bones what? of six different people
0: what that's so weird yeah. oh my god
1: so there are theories that it's like part of you know some some strange like ritual or something where um you know they're trying to like put together different characteristics from maybe different people or something into like an ideal like symbol that they want to bury or they're trying you know i i don't know Um, one of the one of the archaeologists talking about it says, "I think you'd have to go back to a time when the rituals were more bizarre." Brown said, <laughs> "You'd have to go back to the mists of unrecorded time."
0: Uh-huh. I like okay. it when
1: scientists talk like that. Yeah, I'm goofy. <laughs> or another scientist is just says like maybe this head just fell off and so they stuck another one on it. They just <laughs> they lost the head to this old body, so they're like, well here's another head we'll put that one on it what and this is good as i don't any buy it when no. we're gonna re- go rebury it somewhere
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that is very weird <laughs> isn't it yeah yeah um that was really
1: weird. <laughs> uh the, okay there's another thing called bog butter which people no, find bog butter bog butter
0: like spreadable butter
1: yeah like actual butter
0: like real butter that i could put on toast Yeah. Okay, wait. Explain.
1: Um, so... I'm so confused. So, people for, like, a long time have uh, been finding in great numbers, like, really old, you know, hundreds or thousands of year old wooden, like, containers, like, wooden, like, barrels or, like, carved out wooden, like, jugs or casks or something. Yeah. Just, like, full of butter or lard or tallow, basically. Yeah in bogs
0: people stored them in bogs and
1: then when they take them out it's like still good basically what (laughs) it's still oh
0: my gosh people store their butter in bogs apparently whoa that yeah what if they just like tie a rope around it and stick it in the ground and then and then you know sometimes they get off
1: yeah that that's that may very well be what happened that where you know
0: these people are smart that's good. That's <laughs> the a good idea.
1: Gaelic tribes would make butter, or you know, have like, you know, their tallow from, I don't know, a, a deer or elk or something, and they yeah to save it yeah that's to preserve genius. it they'd stick it in a bog. It's genius.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or maybe they were carrying it and they dropped it in or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, probably not. It probably that's yeah. pretty
0: cool. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Bogs are. And they
1: also found a uh, a really a really really old uh, like christian book of like psalms it was just like perfectly preserved in oh a bog. Oh my
0: gosh, what? Mm-hmm. So you could drop like anything into a bog and then like <laughs> thousands of years later it's perfect.
1: Yeah, basically kind of, yeah. I mean, not exact. Yeah, but yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So the, that's bogs. Um, is they, that it? Yeah, huh. they factor in a big way in Irish folklore and stuff, um, specifically. And they seem to be I don't and know a, a lot a of
0: bogs th- part two. Please. A lot of a lot of the
1: bog stuff I found was related to Ireland. For um, I don't know because well, so another thing about bogs is the peat in the bogs, like the the old moss that's oh, like partially yeah. decomposing. That. People will. That the bogs like made of, um, people used to and still do um, like dig out or like cut out like bricks of it that they then dry and then can burn because they're good for burning, oh. um, and so that has been going on in Ireland for a long, long time. There are also all, just a lot of bogs in Ireland. It's also um, that's what that's what they use in making Scot Scottish Scotch whiskey to like dry out the rye before they. Make the whiskey, distill it, and that's what gives it its smoky flavor. Apparently the peat, Hmm. the peat moss. The
0: peat moss.
1: um, Burning. Weird. Yeah.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I need a bogs part (laughs) two. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'll talk. Okay. Next time I will uh, talk more about bog conservation, which is a big issue in Ireland and everywhere. Okay. Which I didn't have time to do a lot of research on, but. That's fine. I'll I'll find more specific things to talk about with bogs.
0: Thank you. Okay. Um before I go, I need to pee, so I'm going to need to stop it. Okay. Okay, hang on everyone. Okay, so I am coming at you with two pretty short, I would say, one's one short, the other one's a little longer, but uh two ghost stories. But I'm going to mm-hmm. be talking about specifically Alton Illinois.
1: Mm, where's that
0: at? Uh, well, let me tell you about Alton, Illinois. Okay. It's known as, like, one of the most, like, haunted cities.
1: Okay.
0: Places, I should say. I don't. It's not a city. It's, like, a town, uh, like, ever. And it, <laughs> like, seriously. Okay, so I'm getting all these. I'm getting both these stories from a book called The Big Book of Illinois Ghost Stories. <laughs> and all of them in the pretty much like all of them in uh oh it says where in illinois all these stories are coming from (laughs) uh let me see in southwestern illinois
1: southwestern illinois
0: yeah yeah Yeah, southwestern illinois like (laughs) more than 50 percent of them are in alton
1: Oh, wow. Like,
0: it, seriously, there's like maybe 15 ghost stories in that section, and they're like almost all about Alton. It's crazy. <laughs> so, Alton is a city on the Mississippi River in Madison County, Illinois, okay. United States, about 15 miles north of St. Louis, Missouri. The population was 27,865 in the 2010 census. It is part of the Metro East region of the greater St. Louis metropolitan area. It is famous for its limestone bluffs along the river north of the city for its role uh, for its role preceding and during the American Civil War and as the hometown of jazz musician Miles Davis Ooh. and Robert Wadlow, the tallest person known in history.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: Uh, It was the site of the last Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas debate in October 1858, and the former state penitentiary in Alton was used during the Civil War to hold up to 12,000 Confederate prisoners of war. Wow. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a story about the penitentiary, but I am leaving it out. Oh, okay. I'm only telling two out of, like, the seven in here. <laughs> So, are you ready to hear about Alton, Illinois? Yes. I should have done a little more research about how why Alton is so, uh... I mean, it seems... Well, it's I, creepy.
1: I mean, the, the limestone cliffs or bluffs or whatever over the river sound uh, dramatic.
0: Well, let's see. Troy Taylor, who wrote this book, says, I don't believe there is any other Illinois town along the Mississippi River that is as haunted as Alton. Mark Twain once called the place a, quote, dismal little river town, end quote. But it has since earned a more distinguished reputation as one of the most haunted small towns in America.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we might have to head there.
0: The history of the place is filled with all of the makings of ghost stories, death, murder, disease, tragedy, the Civil War, and the Underground Railroad, and much more.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the Civil War has a lot to do with the ghosts.
0: Yeah. Mhm. There were some There's some good ones in here. I was like reading all the Alton stories. Yeah. Yeah. Main I mean the, this that one specifically that I just read the passage from was like The Murder of Elijah Lovejoy uh-huh. and he like moved from I don't know, Mississippi to uh-huh. Alton cuz he was like an abolitionist. Uh-huh. And he was also like a writer. Like uh-huh. a like a journalist. Yeah. And basically he was like murdered.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean,
0: people in Mississippi were like, get out of here, we'll murder you because they mm-hmm. were like so he thought he'd have a little more luck in Illinois. Yeah. And then he didn't. They oh, killed no, him. Oh no. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, murdered no. him and burned down his printing press.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was And then and now yeah. he haunts the town.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the Mansion House first. Okay. (laughs) So one of the most legendary haunted sites in the city of Alton is the Mansion House. Mm -hmm. It was built on State Street in 1834 by Captain Botkin, who operated the place for many years as a hotel. He offered lodging to travelers and to those who were living in the area on a temporary basis. For a short period in 1836, it was the only hotel in Alton. Well, yeah, it's a really small place. Right? <laughs> right. Well, it's 27,000 people, where it was in 2010. Yeah, you can... That's not... I guess I... That's not like a big town.
1: Yeah. It, okay. I mean, it's not huge, but it's, no. yeah, you know, it's big enough to have a hotel or two.
0: Mm-hmm. Nuns of the Ursuline... Urs... Yeah, Ursuline Order and the Daughters of Charity later used the building as a Catholic boarding school. In 1864...
1: Well, it's definitely haunted, that.
0: Yeah, during the height of the smallpox ep- epidemic in the Alton, at the Alton Penitentiary... Penitentiary? Am Penet- I saying that right? Yeah. Penitentiary? Penitentiary. Like, the house was turned into... Basically, the penitentiary was just this gross place that all the prisoners died from diseases because it was supposed to hold, like... 500 people and they held like seven thousand people at a <laughs> yeah. time so like there was like three men to a bed yeah like a tiny ass, ass like little bunk bed like twin mm-hmm. long extra long or whatever bed right. uh like a dorm room <laughs> bed is what i picture mm-hmm. and yeah so that's why that's and then i was like well that's just depressing and it's haunted because they were all like mistreated so i i just didn't talk about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so let's see the house was turned into a hospital and in fact was the very first hospital in the city three daughters of charity nuns from st louis responded to a plea from president abraham lincoln to come to alton and try to get the smallpox epidemic under control uh they began treating the sick townspeople at the hospital and at the and at the isolation camp on Smallpox Island, gradually under their watchful care, the epidemic began to subside. Legend states that many people who came down with a dreaded disease died in the mansion house. Supposedly, their ghosts still walk there, mm-hmm. restless and frightened of the illness that suddenly ended their lives. Oh, no. And if these ghosts walk here, they may not walk alone. Oh, Mm -hmm.
1: what is that, man?
0: So, according to stories, anecdotes, and even historical records, this house was haunted long before the Civil War.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: In fact, the mansion house has the rather uh, dubious honor of being one of the first documented haunted houses in the city of Alton, which is a big deal because there's a billion of them. (laughs) Okay. So... (laughs) uh <laughs> telling you this place is filled with haunted houses
1: okay
0: uh so the most famous um ghostly resident of the place is the ghost of a man named tom boothby
1: tom boothby
0: oh, i'm gonna call him boothby i don't okay. know how to pronounce it he was a grizzled old indian fighter who came to live in the hotel in 1836 uh I'm assuming they actually mean, like, Indian. I was wondering if that was, like, he meant Native American. But he, I mean, Troy Taylor seems to write Native American other places Well, in I the mean, book.
1: I th- I'm guessing that he, I, I think that Indian fighter is what they called, like, people of his profession at the time. Who, or, like, people who participate in, in the genocide of the Native Americans. I'm guessing oh. that he was—he oh. was like a okay. a guy who, like you know, would have fought alongside like General Custer or something, you know. Like he said
0: during the Indian battles. Yeah, is that that's okay to say, right? That's you're, what it was called. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: You're, you're you're quoting something.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, is he wrong?
1: No, I think it's. I'm fine.
0: confused. I thought no, he it, meant Indian, like. No not native american because no, he said indian US
1: never really had any wars in india
0: okay well i just assumed that he was being a decent human being
1: <laughs> i mean i think i think in the historical context
0: okay because in other places he writes native american yeah
1: well i mean it depends on the context which is okay which makes more sense to use i
0: should have asked before and then i forgot he was a grizzled old indian fighter
1: racist oh. Shh, who How dare you.
0: came to live in the hotel in 1836. Boothby had seen more than his fair share of adventure during the Indian battles of the war in 1812. As a result, he had retired to Alton with only one arm and one eye, an arrow having put out the other one. That's cool. (laughs) Boothby took a downstairs room in the back left corner of the house and quickly became known as an eccentric recluse. Okay. It is believed that he did not leave his room until his death in 1838, and supposedly he had a boy deliver his meals to him each morning. The following day, Boothby would leave a payment and the empty tray for the young man to exchange for a full one.
1: (laughs) it's just weird (laughs) (laughs) that's so yeah people are weird in the past
0: yeah yeah this guy is weird though and this guy isn't like a good guy then is he
1: uh probably not
0: okay i don't think so boothby soon became well known as the wait boothby soon became well known at the mansion house he was obsessed with the idea that the ghosts of the indians he had killed in the past were coming to murder him and he would often wake up screaming in the middle of the night this would also rouse the other tenants in the house and soon someone would be pounding on boothby's door to settle him down although he never opened the door he would normally murmur a few words of apology to the guests in the hallway outside of his room and the rest of the night would pass in peace (laughs) this guy is weird (laughs) But yeah, this guy's strange. How often this late night screaming occurred uh, is unknown, but apparently it happened often enough that Boothby gained a reputation among the guests. Only the most recent tenants over uh, ev- oh God, only the most recent tenants ever bothered to venture out into the dark corridors when Boothby began crying out into the night. They, too, soon learned to ignore the chilling sounds. Can you tell I'm reading from a book? <laughs> <laughs> he just writes it so nicely. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you some spooky stories from a okay, book. Good. The Big Book of Illinois Ghost Stories by Troy Taylor. <laughs> I just want to say that so I don't get in trouble.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um. Hmm. What?
1: Nothing. Keep going.
0: Uh, And so it went on for the next two years. Wow. Whispers spread throughout the city that Boothby had been moving from town to town along the Mississippi, always hoping to stay one step ahead of the ghostly attackers who pursued him. He was dismissed as a lunatic, but perhaps Tom Boothby was not as crazy as everyone believed he was. Oh, One night, Boothby's screams were different than in the past. This time, instead of crying that the Indians were coming to kill him, he screamed that they had finally found him. Boothby yelled that the savages were strangling him. If his screams roused anyone that night, they did not come to his aid. The other guests had been awakened so many times before that they trained themselves to simply ignore the ruckus. Perhaps they flinched in their sleep at the urgency of Boothby's call, but if they did, they did not come to help him. Mm -hmm. The next day passed like all the others. The young man who came to deliver Boothby's meals picked up the empty tray and left a full one, just as he always did. It would not be until the following morning that he realized something was wrong. Wait, this boy only brought him food once a day?
1: I guess. What the heck? He had multiple meals on it. It's a okay. big tray.
0: The tray from the day before had been untouched, something which had never happened in the previous two years. <laughs> Concerned, probably more for his future salary than for Boothby's welfare, <laughs> the young man, I mean, let's be honest, does he really know the guy? No. I don't know. He doesn't come out of his room. The young man fetched the owner of the hotel who opened the door to Boothby's room. Ready? Yeah. They found the old man inside, sprawled sideways across the bed. His nightshirt was ripped and torn as if he had been involved in a struggle, and his one good eye stared wide with fright. The Indians were strangling him, Boothby had screamed, but it was the man's own remaining hand that was so tightly holding his throat. As the years have passed, it has been said that Tom Boothby has never rested. His cries and frantic footsteps have often been heard in the house and still continue to echo there today. During the period when the mansion house was still used as a hotel, only guests who were unaware of the story of Tom Boothby were given his old room. <laughs> that way, when they were awakened by the sounds of his spirit screaming in the darkness, they would think that it was coming from some other room. The house today is leased as private apartments and is not open to the public, However, this does not stop news stories about Tom Boothby from being told. On certain nights, tenants in the house are still awakened by the sound of a man screaming, echoing in the darkness from another place and time.
1: <laughs> what? <Ooh. laughs>
0: what? I think that's a fun story.
1: It is a fun story. Guy strangling himself in his sleep.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: It's very fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Are you ready to hear the last one? Yeah. This one's a little longer. Oh, boy. One of the most haunted houses in Illinois.
1: Oh, okay. Another one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is more haunted. Wow. If you ask anyone who lives in southwestern Illinois to think of a haunted house, one of the first places they'd mention would be the infamous McPike Mansion located on Alby Street in Alton. And these days, even those who live far beyond the borders of the region also think of the McPike Mansion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) People who are there think of it, and people who aren't there
0: Uh think of it. They have read about it in books, discovered it on websites, and seen it on television programs. But (laughs) could all of these stories be true? Could this old house really be as haunted as the owners and various ghost hunters have claimed? I think ghost adventures went there yeah oh. ghost adventures went there cool. um i can answer these questions quite simply with just one word yes <laughs> that is what troy taylor said not me <laughs>
1: <laughs> that i
0: because he's a been joke there i
1: was gonna make
0: he's been there so he's going to tell us that story at some point. Okay. The McPike Mansion was built in 1869. This is actually a cool story. Oh, okay. About, I don't know, just its history. It's actually <laughs> kind of cool. I don't know. All right. Um, was built in 1869 for a man named Henry Guest McPike, a prominent Alton citizen. McPike, McPike's family can be tracked back to scotland his ancestry includes a number of patriots who fought during the revolutionary war including captain moe's guest mcpike of new jersey and as well as captain james mcpike uh, both were at valley forge with george washington james mcpike came west to kentucky in 1795 bringing with him his sons john and richard Henry Mcpike was a son of John Mcpike and came to Alton as a very young man in 1847 Mcpike soon became active in the business and political community of Alton and over the period of years and over a period of years was involved in a number of different companies working as a real estate agent, box manufacturer, and insurance executive, amongst other things. He also became the president of the oldest horticultural society in Illinois. He's a real man
1: about town, isn't he?
0: Yeah. So, McPike's political aspirations did not get off to a quick start, however, although he did have an interest in the abolitionist movement. His father had been the editor of the Whig newspaper. The Whig Party later became the Republicans in the time of Abraham Lincoln and was an early advocate of the abolition of slavery. He was also one of the organizers of the Lincoln-Douglas debate in Alton and had a place on the platform during the event. Despite this, McPike never sought political office, although it was offered to him many times. During the Civil War, he was called upon to act as Deputy provost Mm -hmm. marshal of the district which placed him in a management position in the war department after this he was said to have begun acting as a representative in many conventions and with the and with the city council this would eventually lead to a stint as the mayor of alton in 1887 to 91 (laughs) okay the mcpike mansion was constructed in a what's that word
1: italianate
0: italian art, Victorian style, and stands as one of the more elaborate homes in Alton. <laughs> Is this interesting? Are you interested? Are you listening? I'm listening. Seems like I'm you're interested. just tying your shirt up by your nipples. Isn't
1: it pretty?
0: <laughs> yeah, but are you listening to my story? Yeah, I'm
1: listening to your story.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, it contained 16 rooms in a vaulted wine cellar and was originally built on a country estate of 15 acres that McPike called Mount Lookout. Thanks to McPike's interest in all things horticultural, the estate was planted with rare trees and shrubs, orchards, flowers, and extensive vineyards. The owner became the propagator of uh, the McPike grape, which became known across the country. The grape was known for its great winemaking properties, and it won gold medals in almost every competition in which it was entered. There is no question that the mansion was one of the most beautiful homes in the area. Uh,
1: Okay, well, how long is that
0: 16 rooms, that's crazy. Uh, The McPike family lived at the estate for some time after the death of of Henry McPike, but records are unclear about some of the dates. It has been stated that they stayed in the house until around 1936, while other records say that the house was owned by Paul A. Leichinger, who purchased the house in 1925 and lived there until his death around
1: 1945.
0: Okay. Uh, Leichinger either lived in the house or rented it out to tenants, but it's likely that it became a rooming house after his death. There have been a number of people who have come forward and spoken to the current owners about living in an apartment in the house in years past. One woman even mentioned the strange experiences she and her family had with ghosts in the house okay. long before the place earned the reputation that it has today All for being right. haunted. Now we're getting into the ghosts. Mm-hmm. For years, the house remained silent and empty, but then it was sold to an individual who planned to develop the remaining four acres of property by demolishing the house and turning the site into a shopping center. (laughs) When the new owner encountered problems with the city in regards to the zoning of the property, the plans for the stores were scrapped and the house was abandoned once again. It was not long after this that the condition of the McPike mansion started to go rapidly downhill
1: <laughs> i think that a weird a creepy old abandoned victorian house is way more useful than a some friggin strip mall
0: no me too i was like oh i'm glad they didn't tear this thing down to make a strip mall <laughs> word got out that anyone who was looking for anything from the house could easily come in and take it <laughs> and soon thieves and vandals descended on the place They stole everything from the house that was not nailed down and many things that were, from the marble fireplace mantles to the toilets. The staircase banisters soon disappeared, as well as the massive interior doors that had been custom-made for the home's 12-foot ceilings. Chandeliers and light fixtures were torn out, radiators were removed, and even plumbing fixtures with copper pipes were taken. Perhaps even worse than the scavengers were the vandals that followed in their wake. Soon, spray-painted graffiti was covering the walls. That's worse than the people who just (laughs) tore out a marble uh, fireplace mantle? (laughs) What? That dug up copper pipes? I'm confused. (laughs) Windows were broken. Graffiti kills. And the plaster walls were broken apart. It was destruction for the sheer thrill of it yeah that's cool which is is the worst kind of crime to commit to an old house (laughs) no that's cool if i went by that thing and it was just totally like well that'd be cool and creepy (laughs) and no one else was using it
1: right i mean they could have been using it for like housing for several families but But they
0: didn't so i'm glad people went in and stole chandeliers and stole them yeah and sold them yeah i don't know
1: yeah exactly
0: Okay, time had not been kind to the old house either. In the 1980s, the box gutters failed and water began to seep into the house. The roof started to deteriorate and leak, causing the floors to fall into such ruin that many of them are no longer safe to walk on. With all of the window glass broken out of the house, the damaged interior was left to the elements, and the days of Mount Lookout seemed to be numbered. In 1990, so we're getting... Closer to now. Yeah. A contractor from St. Louis purchased the house. He had come to Alton in search of a modest Victorian home, but became entranced with the McPike mansion instead. Oh, no. Even after viewing all of the destruction that the elements and the vandals had... Wrecked uh, on the house, he still had hope for the place and almost immediately began renovating it. Oh, no. As a stickler for detail, his plans for the house were extensive, and he estimated that it would take him at least two years to restore the mansion to its former glory.
1: Oh, Is he going to die in the house? (laughs) No. this is going to kill him?
0: He began remaking the eaves brackets of the house with old lumber since modern lumber was not the same and planned the floor to floor the solarium solar solarium solarium (laughs) with white marble along with uh, many other improvements and enhancements when he finished the work on the interior he planned to also build a new carriage house for the property and a victorian gazebo for the lawn unfortunately the house was never finished and in 1994 it was put up for auction and purchased by the current owners george and sharon ludk that's all it says is that unfortunately it was never finished
1: okay (laughs) and now someone else owns it he
0: like had some problems with like the... the house
1: being haunted
0: no with like the what like the guy who had trouble building it into like a mall with the zoning board or something mm-hmm. like that to get it approved to, for all these things or whatever hmm. so i think he just quit <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um sharon a teacher at the edwardsville school district stopped by the house on the day that it was to be auctioned off she and her husband an associate professor at southern illinois university edwardsville had always dreamed of buying an old house and fixing it up Almost on a lark, Sharon put in a bid on the house. She was more than a little surprised to later learn that she had won it. I don't think many people were bidding on it. Uh, A few months later, when the brick ranch house next door to the mansion came up for sale, the the Lutzk sold their house in Godfrey and moved to Albee Street so they could be closer to the mansion. Mm -hmm. They're still like the current owners today. Okay. So the struggle to restore the house was continued to be has continued to be an uphill battle for them. They hope to eventually renovate it and open it as a bed and breakfast, but they were disappointed to learn that contrary to the assurances that had received on the day of the auction, no grant money was available for the house from any federal, state or local agencies. The house had been added to the National Register of Historic Places back in 1980. So I'm assuming that's why the guy had troubles actually yeah, fixing it. Probably. Um, but that was, that was the extent of the attention that it had received from historical groups. Hmm. The Ludsk I don't know how to say their name, Lutsk, uh soon discovered that they were on their own, but they were not ready to give up on the old place. They have continued to fight, uh, facing myriad problems with the city and have made a valiant effort to make sure that the mcpike mansion remains a part of the city's present and future not just its past uh but how did the mansion become known as such a haunted house i know that's what you're wondering because you're bored with this story
1: i do want to know
0: (laughs) sorry i thought the history of it It was it was interesting it was cool There have been all manner of rumors and false stories started about the house, including that it had been the site of various murders and suicides over the years.
1: Oh, it definitely was.
0: (laughs) Fortunately, such tales have no truth to them. Mm. Yes, there have been deaths in the house, as the case with many old homes, but Uh none have been sufficiently traumatic enough to seemingly cause the mysterious activity that has been reported there. In spite of this, ghost stories abound in this mansion, including many first-hand accounts from reliable people with absolutely no reason to lie. The mansion just seems to be haunted by yesterday, as the events of the past have truly left an impression here that is relived in the present as more than one ghostly presence. So Sharon Lutke came to believe the house was haunted almost from the beginning of her involvement with it. Her unusual encounters in the house carry much more weight than the claims of trespassers and curiosity seekers that come to the house simply because it looks haunted. <laughs> okay. There have been hundreds of stories that have circulated about the mansion, from the chilling to the downright silly, but Sharon's claims that the ghosts of Paul Leichinger, the former owner,
1: okay.
0: haunts the place, seem to be the most credible. He is one
1: of the silly ones.
0: Me too. He is one of the few spirits alleged to haunt the mansion for which a real historical connection exists. As mentioned earlier, Leichinger owned the house during the early part of the last century and died there in 1945. He was also preceded in death by his young son, who also may linger there. In an earlier account of this, uh, Taylor briefly mentioned that a woman who had lived in the mansion during the time that was that it was a boarding house, wait, okay, Uh, Taylor mentioned that a woman who had lived in the mansion during the time, uh, that it was a boarding house, had contacted Sharon, oh, so the lady who was like, oh, I lived there in the boarding house, contacted, as a punishment for misbehaving, she and her sister often had to sit by themselves on a staircase out of their apartment. On many occasions, the girls both heard the sound of a child running and playing upstairs, even though there were no other children living in the building. Mm. Ugh. As for Leichinger himself, he passed away from an illness that has been caused by years of heavy smoking. It is not uncommon for visitors to, to the house to smell strong whiffs of cigarette smoke, even though no smoking has been permitted in the structure in decades. Sharon also told me that so sharon also told taylor yeah. on one occasion a group of people gathered at the house not only smelled the smoke but actually saw a cloud of it appear in the area above their heads mm-hmm. sharon says that she had her first encounter what are
1: they sure someone wasn't just smoking
0: i don't know no. <laughs> uh her first encounter with Leichinger's uh ghost was about six weeks after she bought the house I saw an interview with her, and she said about seven weeks after she bought the house, oh. so I'm skeptical. Oh. She was on the property watering some plants and saw a man standing in the window, looking out toward where she was standing in the front yard. A chill came over her, and she noted that the man, who then vanished, was wearing a striped shirt and a tie. Sharon later obtained a photograph of Paul Leichinger wearing an identical outfit— she has since come to believe that it was his presence that she witnessed mm. many people have told her that Leichinger had loved the house and in some cases those who pass on have returned to locations because they simply did not want to leave okay
1: so yeah sure or i don't know i have a theory about ghosts is that there they're not a, they're not like spirits that like live on after the dead they're they're like kind of like overlappings in time and space like or like time and mm-hmm. space is like folding back on itself or like it's like a kind of a i don't know like a little uh glitch in time or something so it just like kind of you see a little flash of something from the past or like someone like over time if they're like in a place a lot they like leave their imprint there basically
0: yeah i feel and like that's a theory about yeah like, ghosts. i like that theory oh yeah me too i think it's cool Um, another spirit in the house is thought to be a domestic servant that Sharon dubbed Sarah. She was little more than a presence with an assumed name until a man came by the house one day and presented to the Lutz with some books that he had removed from the house nearly two decades before. Hmm. One of the books had the name Sarah Wells written inside. Okay. Uh, Since that time, Sharon has been touched, actually hugged, by the spirit and she and her husband have occasionally caught the scent of lilac on the third floor. They believe the odor is directly connected to this ghost, and have been unable to come up with any other explanation as to why the smell so mysteriously comes and goes. Curious. Sorry, I was waiting for that car to stop beeping outside. (laughs) Uh... We're almost there. Okay. I know you're bored. No. In the summer of 1999, one of the strangest and hardest to explain events occurred at the house. Okay. A video that was made at the time of the incident had since appeared on television and has yet to be debunked, mm. even by skeptics and experts in special effects. One weekend that summer, Renee Cruz, a professor at California University in California, Pennsylvania, came to <laughs> Alton and... <laughs> To visit the McPike Mansion. What?
1: (laughs) The California University in California, Pennsylvania.
0: Yes, what is this? It's funny. It is funny. It's funny. I had to read it a few times when I first read it. I'm like, wait, bud. (laughs) Uh, Sharon was taking her on a tour of the house and they descended into the basement. As it happened, Renee was making a video of the tour and managed to capture what happened next on the tape. As she turned a corner in the basement, an eerie white mist uh, appeared and moved toward the small group that was with her. The mist, which was unlike anything that she had ever seen before, literally enveloped the group. Renee later described it to me, Taylor, as having what seemed like an electrical charge about it. It swirled all around them, which was seen on camera, and then would inexplicably dissipate and move off. Uh, Renee was able to follow the mist to several different locations in the basement, and as she would get near it, it would move and start to swirl around her. The mist was not being moved by air currents, as there was, as there was no outside air coming into the underground area, and instead seemed to move about as though it, was, it had intelligence behind it. Hmm. This occurred several times before it vanished for good. I tried to find this video, and I couldn't find it. Oh. <laughs> but apparently it was on TV. Okay. The entire incident was witnessed by those present and was also recorded on the videotape. The mist itself remains an absolute mystery but the tape has been examined by everyone from videographers to debunkers and ghost researchers and so far no one has been able to provide information to adequately explain what is or how it was able to behave in the manner that it did. A clip from the video was even shown on a television program and turned out to be one of the only segments that the experts were unable to duplicate and explain away. Mm -hmm. I want to know what television show. Yeah. Oh, oh. Mythbusters? (laughs) (laughs) Another weird incident occurred in the house in 2001. That summer, uh, Taylor had the chance to spend the night in the house, and an incident that occurred during his visit convinced him once and for all that something is haunting the place. Hmm. At one point over the weekend, a small group was gathered uh, in the old McPike wine cellar. This vaulted and bricked room is located just below the level of the basement and has been the site of a number of eerie happenings over the years. Hmm. This night turned out to be no exception. Not long after everyone had gathered in the chamber, a friend's wife began to complain of being claustrophobic. Not sure of how to get out of the house from the basement, another friend offered to take her upstairs and outside so she could get some fresh air. The two ladies departed, and the group waited for the second woman to return. A few minutes later, sounds were clearly heard as it seemed she was coming back. Footsteps crossed the upstairs hall and traveled through the house, then descended the stairs to the basement. The steps were clearly heard as all the basement stairs were crossed, and then could also be heard as they walked across the basement floor. A few moments later, the metal door to the wine cellar scraped open. The bottom of the door barely cleared the stone floor of the basement, and as the door opened up, it made a squealing sound that could be heard on several recording devices running at the time. Everyone who was present turned to look at the door swung open, but no one came in thinking that she was perhaps trying to play a joke on the group one of the group members walked over and peered out into the gloomy basement Mm -hmm. he looked both ways but there was no one to see a few minutes later the woman actually did come down the stairs and when she was told about what had happened she insisted that she had been outside the entire time Hmm. the other woman was able to confirm this and stated that no one had entered the house while they were out front this added just one more mystery to the long line of strange events at the McPike Mansion that this, to, that, to this day remain unexplained. It appears there are more mysteries and questions about the McPike Mansion than there are real solutions. Uh, there have been dozens of paranormal investigations carried out there, as well as hundreds of stories told by ordinary people who never expected to find anything out of the ordinary about this crumbling old house. It is an eerie and mysterious place, and yet a wonderful one at the same time. It is part of Alton's local haunted history that we dare not lose, and one that we can hopefully enjoy for many, many years to come. I hope so. That's it, my friend. (laughs) It seems
1: like a cool house. Uh. I know,
0: I want to (laughs) go. Did you like my story?
1: Yeah, I did. I liked, yeah. Hmm.
0: You didn't say anything because you were just so...
1: I was enraptured.
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: What do I think about? What do you think? What do I think about what?
0: The stories. Do you uh, believe them?
1: I mean, well, no. I would love to. No. I think I think they should be real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I don't well, know. that's my story, and it's been an hour and a half. That was Alton, Illinois, Alton, everyone.
1: Illinois.
0: Look it up. Oops, so this creepy place.
1: Yeah, sounds like it.
0: Um, all right, well that's it. Do we have anything to end on? I don't think so. All right, well, you got to start.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I've been Harry.
0: <laughs> Harry, you always forget to do this. It's always like a long pause, and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know.
1: I expect I expect something else to happen.
0: No, you just gotta say I've been I've been I've- Harry.
1: I've been Harry. And
0: I'm still Carly.
1: And this has been...
0: Known unknowns.
1: Ignorance is piss.
0: Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye!